0: Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm here with Intrepid Metals Corp. It's a new investment I handed, I added to my portfolio recently because I'm very interested in getting more exposure to, uh, to copper uh, that's domiciled within North America. And they have uh, three projects in Arizona, which is a tier one mining jurisdiction two of which are in the Cochise uh, County, which is probably the most friendly county in Arizona to do mining. Uh, Their flagship, Coral Copper, I call it the flagship because it's the one that has the most uh, historical data on. But, but all the projects are very fascinating. And then the other one's Tombstone, which is a, a CRD project uh, accustomed to the Taylor deposit. Of People remember Arizona mining that was bought out by South 32 for about $1.2 billion dollars. Uh, except uh, this project isn't located in a national park, which is pretty fantastic, uh, or parts of it anyways, uh, much like the Taylor Deposit, which has had some uh, some issues permitting and whatnot. But uh, anyways, that's a whole different discussion. So I'm here with Ken Brophy, uh, who is the CEO of Intrepid Metals. Hi, Ken. Nice to see you. Hi, Doc. Great to see you as well. Thanks yeah. for uh, Thanks for giving me the time to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I thought it'd be nice to, to do a podcast and introduce the the listing public to, to the company because the company really hasn't done much in the way of promotions or whatnot. You guys are just boots on the ground doing your geophysics. You have a drill program running. You just raised a bunch of money uh, and you've been uh, assimilating all the historical data, I, I suppose. Um, so just for people who don't know anything about you. Could I get a little background about you? I know you've been in the industry for 25 years, veteran mining. Um, Yeah, no, listen.
1: uh, uh, Yeah. I've, uh, um, you know, if it was a a virtual call, you would see the the gray hair that proves it. But yeah, I've been involved in the, in the resource sector for, you know, a little over 25 years now. Um, I've had the pleasure of uh, of working with a, a number of different companies and you know, I, I guess I've always tried to stay on the uh, the left side of the, of the Lausanne curve. Uh, really focused on kind of exploration development and de-risking assets to get them to the stage. You know, between you and I, I you know, I, I don't think I would ever want to work at a at an operating mine. I really love the the excitement of uh, of the exploration and de-risking phases that go along with it. Um, you know, just to kind of pivot in into you know some of the team members. In in many ways, uh, I've worked with uh, with my chairman Mark Morabito on a couple of different ventures. Uh, you know, two of them went all the way to the New York Stock Exchange. And you know, what made those two stories and and the Corral Copper Project one in particular unique was a lot of that historical data. So. You mm-hmm. know, exploration is all about de-risking. And in many ways, we've acquired an asset that is already de-risked from a uh, resource potential standpoint because of a lot of the historical drilling. Um, so that's that's one of the areas that, uh, you know, really made us attractive to corral copper. And there's a, will I'll go into it in greater detail, but if I can take a step back, your your question was... To, Talk a little bit about the, the company. So we are a relatively new company, as, as you noted. You know, mm-hmm. we came to market in uh, May of 2022 and completed our first financing. At that point, uh, we raised $3 million. and And from 2022 to, you know, the latter part of last year, what we really focused on was building out our asset base as a first priority. Uh, We wanted to stay focused on the state of Arizona because as you touched on, it is a tier one mining jurisdiction um, providing, you know, where to look. Um, You know, we looked at a lot of projects and there's a lot of great geology um, in different parts of, of Arizona, but as you touched on, some of it might be in the national or state forest. And if it takes you five or six years just to get a simple drill permit, you know, that de-risking phase is going to be way more difficult than, um, you know, projects that we currently have. So um, Cochise County, you touched on as well. One of the, one of the reasons why we really focused on Cochise County is because A, it doesn't have a lot of national state force. And we know it has a supportive, I guess, base from a resource development standpoint, because Just up the road from us, uh, Excelsior Mining, while they've had some technical issues with their startup, uh, you know, uh, in situ type of of operation, uh, it was really a permitting success. Uh, They got their, uh, you know, they were the first new copper mine to get approved in the state in over a decade, and they did it in two and a half years. So it just goes to show that if you're in the right area and you go about, you know, resource development in a respectful way, you can get these projects built. So, you know, Cochise County, that's one of the reasons why we really like it. You know, we've had great relationships with some of the locals that I've had the pleasure of spending time with, mm-hmm. which goes back to one of the unique elements about Corral Copper as, as, as our, our main project right now. Um, was it was a bunch of fragmented land ownership. The area has a rich history of mining, you know, some super high grade areas. Um, you know, there's been, you know, within some of the historical SA data that we've been able to pull together. Now it's was historical. Uh, there is no drill core, but the SA data had, you know, several types of intercepts that had over 10% copper. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a geological I guess standpoint, it's more similar to the Bisbee Mining District, which, you know, produced, you know, billions of pounds of copper with grades, you know, I think upwards to 23%, if you look at some of the, the historical nature. So that's the the geological context of um of Corral Copper. Tombstone South, as you touched on, is another great project, also in Cochise County. And both Corral Copper and Tombstone South are only about 25 miles uh, from one another. So there's lots of synergies when we start doing some exploration at Tombstone where we can kind of utilize some of the same infrastructure that we're we're currently using here at uh, at Corral. I kind of gone off on a little bit of a tangent there, okay. but let me uh, you know, just take a, a breath. So you know with um, uh, you know the Corral copper in particular, it was a project that uh, my chairman Mark Morbido had his, his eyes on for a long time and you know to his credit he was also the uh, uh, chairman of Excelsior mining throughout a lot of that de-risking stages mm-hmm. so he's he's had his view uh, he's had his own you know view on the area and as soon as I got involved it was one of the priorities and I touched on the fragmented land ownership. So it, it's it's taken a, a long time. it's taken us longer than we originally anticipated, but we've now have over 9600 acres and there's 1800 acres of that which is patent mining claims and additional surface rights. So just being able to corral and and you know it is corral copper, we called mm. it corral copper for two mm. reasons. One, the proximity to tombstone. So the okay corral, yeah. um, but also we we're corralling a lot of that fragmented land ownership. We've done yeah. six different property transactions with within the area. Um,
0: before, throughout, yeah, before we go into the, um, the historical, um, uh, grades and intercepts and all that, I think it's, it's important to, to, uh, flush out a little bit, the importance of, of having, uh, Eighteen hundred acres of surface rights and patented mining claims, because you you've basically put together this contiguous package of almost ten thousand acres, which is great. But one advantage, one of the reasons why I was piqued my interest in investing in this company is that you have eighteen hundred acres of surface rights, which means for those who are listening, at some point. You have to build a mine to make money and you need to have a place to put your infrastructure. If you don't have surface rights, you may never be able to build that mine. But now you have 1,800 acres so that you can strategically place where you're going to put your mill, your tailings, all those things at a conceivable future mine, um, which gives you an advantage right away. That, that cuts the timeline between uh, breaking the ground and pouring that first whatever metal it is, right? In this case, copper, gold. Right. So, uh, yeah, that that is really awesome. That's that's that was a great job that you guys did consolidating all that together. Yeah. And, you know,
1: like so patent mining claims, they don't issue them anymore in, in the U.S. Um, and, you know, these patent mining claims, you know, some of the some of the properties been in families for over 100 years. So it does go back to the early 1900s when. It was just individual families had two or three of these patent mining claims mm-hmm. and they were just kind of, you know, doing old school mining, right? Dynamite chasing a, down a vein and, and pulling out copper and, and and selling it more locally. So, yeah. you know, th- that kind of brings into, you know, the the difficulties with being able to pull so much of this property together because it was individual families at the end of the day that had a lot of this area. So you know, to to your point, you're you're bang on the importance of of private lands. We'll just simplify it and call it private lands. Right. You yeah. know, it's 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 twofold. One is right now where we're at the drilling stages. Mm. Right. We don't need to go through a long onerous permitting process to drill. Right. It's it's our backyard. So while we do need to get a uh, Department of uh, Arizona water permit, but that's just for us to draw. Like if we were just drilling a hole to get water for a, a local uh, house you would still have to go through it. it's a it's a simple process right so from a permitting standpoint we'll be able to continue drilling and we got a lot of historical grade and 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 data that we need to confirm we can drill all that without going through an onerous permitting process so it's really straightforward the one area that is still control that we plan to drill that the mineral rights are owned by the BLM or the federal government. Mm-hmm. We own the surface rights over top. So once again, it's more of a of a rubber stamp type of approval because there is no one there to oppose it. We own the surface rights. Yeah. So it's really twofold. You touched on the importance of the private lands when you get to the mining stages, and you're a hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's something that operators, major mid tiers, will really want. That's what they would have to kind of go through the processes of acquiring it. So we've already de-risked it from yep. that, you know, land standpoint. And a lot of the mineralization we have is within the private lands that we already control. So we certainly still have that uh, the ability to, um, you know, have the key infrastructure that's going to be required. But we're really, you know, three steps ahead when you look at a lot of the other juniors and it's not to, you know, um, try to make ourselves sound any better than other juniors. There's a lot of great operators out of there. These are just some of the advantages that we have. We know where to point the drill rig because of the historical data and we have private Mm lands. So what we're able to achieve, you know, in a short time frame, others would have a more difficult time. Doing it. And, and I just want to touch on so the historical data, and it goes back to the fragmented land ownership. There's mm-hmm. no core that remains. And that right. goes down to some of the just the feuding um, and lawsuits that happened within this area previously. Right. So the core was stored on the wrong guy's property. He was no longer getting paid because people were fighting. And the core was kind of destroyed. And, and the place that it was, uh, you know, it was a house and a property. You know, it went through a bankruptcy proceeding and the new guy that bought it didn't really know much about it and just mowed it all down. Mm -hmm. So while there is no core, right? We do have the essay data. So we need to drill all of the areas. Some people say, oh, are you just twinning holes? And it's like, no, we're not twinning holes. We're doing confirmation drilling. We need to prove that the essay data set that we have is is accurate and that's going to help us reduce the amount of drilling that we actually need to do to move to the resource stage
0: yeah and and uh in my experience confirmation drilling you know can go two ways right you have you could drill it and it's completely off or in a lot of cases what i've found is when they redrill it because it hadn't been drilled in 30 40 50 years that the technology and the assay capabilities you're able to, uh, like there are some. I looked at the old uh, the old tables here. There are some some that only assay for copper, where all the intercepts also have uh, zinc, silver, gold, as well as copper being the dominant. The ones that they probably didn't want to spend the money on it, right, or they wouldn't be able to recover it. So there, there's the possibility of of getting broader mineralization than was historically reported, as well as other byproduct credits. Um. Yeah, with the um uh, the Corel Copper, it, it's the it, it, memory serves correct. There's about thirty five thousand meters of historic drilling, and at today's current price of drilling, you know that that would take you about you know fourteen million dollars probably to recreate. And I encourage people to go to their website and take a look at the presentation because. What is really interesting about this is there's three, I'll call them deposits, three areas of mineralization that have had some dense drilling historically. And uh, the deepest they've gone is 400 meters vertically, which isn't very deep. And the source of this mineralization hasn't been been, uh, uh, delineated yet. And you're getting like, for example, in the holiday zone, you have from uh, 150 meters from surface at about call it 1.2, 1.3% copper equivalent, another 110 meters from 50 meters at about 1.8% copper equivalent, another 146 meters at almost 1% copper. So there's, there's quite a bit of uh, interesting mineralization and, and it's a three, three kilometer strike and these three areas are separated by a few hundred meters so conceivably with more denser drilling this could be just one large pit and because it's so close to surface you're talking like you look in bc in places where they're mining open pit copper at 0.3 0.4 percent copper with a 0.1 0.2 percent gold credit uh so this would be extremely economic with scale and tonnage obviously Uh, correct me if I'm wrong or elaborate on that because that's what got me excited when I saw the historical data. I was like, Hey, this is for you know a market cap of 23 million with almost 7 million in cash, and yeah,
1: yeah. So, listen to to correct you in one area, okay, you were you were noting some of the um the historical data. You know, you referenced copper equivalency, the the information that we put out there has just been copper. We've yeah, I know. I was doing like mental math in my head. Oh, like, oh okay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That,
0: Like some of those intercepts are, it's, it, okay, for the, for the kids at home, for example, <laughs> 108 meters, it's 1.27% copper, 0.46% gold, uh, 13 grams per ton silver and 0. 0.15 zinc. So if you do the mental math, that's probably about 1.8, 1.9% copper equivalent, predominantly copper with a nice gold. Uh, by product credit and about a half an ounce of silver. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, yeah. No, no, it's good. I, I just didn't want people to go to the presentation to look for the copper equivalency yeah, number yeah. because, you know, we, we've yet to to do that. But that's certainly what we'll start doing now that we we're getting fresh core. Yeah. Uh, and once we get the SA data back, as you touched on, right? There's some other high value uh, metals within the system. Certainly gold, silver. We we know zinc. Uh, as, as well as lead, so when, you know when we do start trying to build this out, and you touched on earlier the three kilometer trend, you know in our presentation, and I encourage your viewers once again to go look. We we do kind of show that three kilometer trend, mm-hmm. and that's just based on a lot of the historical work. And right. you touched on lack of uh, other base metal analysis, it's because some people were drilling in some areas and it goes back to the fragmented land ownership. We're we're the first company to be able to corral the property that we now have established. So people were only drilling up north, maybe looking for gold, right? And then some people were only drilling down south, only looking for copper. And based on the historical nature, like people weren't really you know, looking at this as a broader system. And that's how we're certainly approaching it. So, you know, the the three kilometer trend, you touched on the names and it'll be a little play on the town of Tombstone once again. And for those that haven't been to the town of Tombstone in Arizona, I encourage you to go. It's a great little, uh, you know, tourist town, but, um, you know, uh, playing off the movie uh, Tombstone. So we have up top, we have our holiday zone. And then as we're moving south, we have our ERP zone, which there's still a lot of potential for further uh resource analysis within ERP. And then a little bit further south, we got the, the Ringo
0: zone. Um yeah, yeah, Ringo is really interesting too. It 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 it's 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 a a little deeper, but the grades uh some of the grades are substantially higher, like there's um from 117 meters, you've got 53 meters at 1.63% copper plus 1.45 uh, grams per tonne gold and about 3 grams per tonne silver. So that's about 2, 2.5% two copper equivalent. And then there's another 39 meters at 2%, two percent, 2.14% copper, but there was no analysis for gold, silver, or zinc. Um, and then there's some broader intersections there are 160 meters, 170 meters each one is about you know 07 percent copper from around 60 70 meters in depth. Um, yeah, this is really interesting you know like if these all connect uh into one pit, you're looking at well you know you got two three couple kilometers by you know, Three, four hundred meters by, you know, a hundred to two hundred meters in depth, you know, not all of it would be ore grade or mineralized, but you do the math on that and put a density factor on it. It's uh looking pretty substantial as far as tonnage, right?
1: Yeah, listen, I think um and and you you touched on the the shallow nature and, and how rain goes a little bit deeper and you know, when you start comparing our results to some of the other Arizona, you know, success stories or, or developers in many ways, hmm. there's not a lot of people that have the the grades and the the likely tonnage um as shallow as ours. So yeah. you touched on, you know, can they kind of connect? Well, you know, we know just based on you know the the historical data, you know what we see in the holiday zone and the YRP zone is relatively shallow. And as you touched on, Ringo starts getting a little bit deeper and, you know, whether these all connect or not, we, you know, there's, there's additional areas like that uh, we've already identified. And, you know, as we continue to spend more time out on the property, because I, I guess it's important to note, you touched on it earlier. It was only last fall when we completed the consolidation. It was only yeah. last fall when we included the Ringo. So that's why we weren't really out there trying to market the story previously because mm. the job wasn't done. Yeah like the first two years, you know I often say, you know, after completing that last transaction, we're taking it from the boardroom because we're essentially an m and a company for the first eighteen months. yeah, and now we're going from the boardroom to the battlefield where we're you know starting to drill off a lot of the historical core. But, you know, how it all connects is still, you know, there's still a little bit of work for us to do. But even from a responsible development standpoint, being able to, rather than one, just one big massive hole, if it all connects, being able to do progressive reclamation where we start in the north and we just start progressing through the resource and reclaiming as we go. So from a water management standpoint, you know, there's so many opportunities that we have to continue to de-risk this project yeah. in ways that will make it even more attractive than some of the others because of the shallower nature we're not talking about you know potentially uh you know a a target that um with within the known area anyway that we're looking at you know a, a 1200 meter kind of depth to, to the top of the resource right? Um, yeah. or even three and 400 meters to the top of the resource. So there's a, there's a lot of advantages that I personally see at this stage mm-hmm. and I go back to note, we're just starting. So, yes. you know, you, you touched on our market cap and I don't think there's, there's a, a lot of companies out there that have the potential that uh, we certainly have um, and we'll be able to execute it so quickly. And it goes back to the private uh, land ownership.
0: Yeah, well, I, I guess I guess some of that will change as far as um being known in the market because you recently uh, just recently started drilling your inaugural drilling campaign uh after you raised uh 6.6 6 million uh so you're fully funded to do quite a bit of uh, of drilling I believe you're you're planning on doing about uh initially about 25 holes around five thousand meters across the the, th- the three zones so so is is there any color on the current drill program as far as uh how how things are going
1: yeah no listen uh, the the drill program's going uh extremely well uh you know it, it's it's interesting with uh with the exception of a slight uh hiccup when we first started drilling uh which I never would have thought of uh we got uh, snowed out uh we we <laughs> had we had two or three centimeters of snow in uh, in yeah. southern Arizona. And while uh, if we were on any of our other drill sites, it would have been fine. But just this first drill site was up uh, up a little bit of a hill and the water truck just couldn't get up there to feed the drill rig. So we right. can still operate year round. But it was uh, it was interesting. That was the only, uh, you know, hiccup uh, thus far, knock on wood. So, you know, we're we're just moving on to our to our fifth hole. Um yeah, you, know, so you yeah, what what we're seeing in the uh, in the in the core looks uh, to be what we would expect to be. Until we yeah. get the essay data back, it, it's it's yeah. difficult to say. But we've already got the first two holes kind of shipped to the lab. Um, yeah. We're expecting results. You know, I'll I'll stay within four to five weeks. But I think uh, yeah. we might be able to beat that because we do yeah. expect to have some over limits. So while we'll get the initial results back. We'll have to rerun some um, because okay. we expect some to be over 1% copper. So uh, they will have to be rerun again.
0: Okay, good. Um, so uh, j- j- just thinking uh, as far as finances and things like that. So w- what's it running you right now per meter for drilling? and what How, how, how much runway do you anticipate to get with the current treasury? Because I believe you're sitting on uh, 6, 7 million about, right?
1: Yeah. So let's just say, you know, six and a half million, um, you know, and then we've we've yet to be able to fine tune what our all in drilling costs. So you touched on it earlier, like a rule of thumb, I think within the the U.S., uh, as you can look at about four hundred dollars a ton, you know, would probably be what we expect. So to your earlier point, you know, within the broader district, like we've got 50,000 meters of drilling data. Okay. Um, so using four hundred uh dollars a meter US, this twenty million dollars worth of, of drilling data that we have. Yeah. That thirty-six hundred is within our three kilometer trend. So, mm-hmm. you know, once again, you know, we're you know, fourteen million uh US with the with the data within within that trend. So yeah. I, I think we're still going to be able to stick within that kind of four hundred dollar per meter range because shallower drilling is not going to be as expensive as some mm-hmm. of the deeper drilling. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we're we're still only using utilizing the one drill rig at this point because we didn't want to you know overcommit with the first drill program, knowing that it is a confirmation program as a first priority. And we are looking at about 5,000 meters, and that's all within that three-kilometer trend. Mm -hmm. Because I go back to the fragmented land ownership. The previous drilling was also fragmented, where it would be one company did some drilling at one, you know, uh, date, you know, to the north, a different company. So, different series of drill holes. So, we wanted to try to make sure that we got a good representation of the different drill programs and all three areas. Uh, we didn't necessarily want to just start confirming all of the, the highest grade holes as a first priority. Well, that, that would be great in many ways. We are looking at this once again, we need to take steps to de-risk the entire process for yeah. the the entire trend. So, mm-hmm. you know, that 5,000 meters will be spread within that whole 5,000 uh, meter trend. And uh, I expect us to be able to feed the market some news. We're still well capitalized where we can extend drilling if we want, right. um, you know, just after the 5,000 meters, but we're also, you know, working hard to identify some of the other drill targets uh, within, you know, our property as a whole. And then maybe our phase two will end up being um, additional confirmation drilling, as well as testing uh, some new target areas and, and showing the uh, the um, likelihood of being able to expand the current known mineral, mineralized trend.
0: Good, good. Um, so, as far as capital structure, um, how, how much uh, how much skin in the game, I guess, does management have? How, what's the percentage ownership of management approximately?
1: So- yeah management uh management's uh, been very supportive. I, I've certainly bought a lot myself. Uh, my chairman Mark Morabito, you know I, I think just about every director as well um has uh, has a little bit of skin in the game so i I um I think we're just in around eight uh, percent total ownership I, I apologize
0: I lost my uh, my presentation. Just- uh. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's ten uh, percent. I think it says here in the presentation. Yeah. And then um, the majority, of the, majority of the shares seem to be um, placed with uh, institutions, high net worth, uh, and insiders. That accounts for about 70 percent of the shares. And then you've got thirty percent of basically free trading, and the float is uh, you know just under fifty million as far as uh, to- total shares outstanding. Um, yeah, that's that's great. That's really good. Um. So, we got a, We got about five minutes here. So, so you're doing confirmation drilling on, on Corral, which uh has those three zones of 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 uh, mineralization, uh, and you'll finish up that drill program. And how long do you think will take you to do the five thousand meters?
1: Uh, I I was forecasting about you know three to four months uh, to complete it from the initial. So I, I would say probably. You know, we're a few weeks in, so maybe another three months.
0: Okay. And are you uh, attending PDAC? Come.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be at uh, PDAC. Um, You know, I'll probably be around the booth a little bit more on Sunday. Uh, the booth number is 3133, I believe. Okay. Uh, Monday and Tuesday are pretty busy uh, with a lot of meetings and, and even on Wednesday morning. But I'll try to be around. We, uh, you know, we're always trying to be careful with our shareholder capital. So rather than... Uh, you know flying a bunch of uh people all over Toronto I'll be there and we just like to hire a couple of UT students to help us out in uh, in the booth so okay that's great I, I
0: i will you be bringing any core with you <laughs> no uh <laughs> not going to
1: bring any core this time and yeah. it's just uh it's just essentially because we wouldn't have uh i didn't think we'd have uh the results out in time it's right. a beautiful looking core but uh want to be kind of careful not to to, you know mislead because uh, lots of investors will see lots of mineralization and mm-hmm. not know like is that one percent is that ten percent uh so we just want to be a little bit careful with uh with how we uh, continue to build out the story
0: yeah it takes a keen eye to do, uh, determine the difference between pyrite and sulfides right you know um so 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 the, i guess it's hard to say where will you go how things will go next because you'll Obviously, you'll finish this drill program, probably start another one. And I'm really interested in Tombstone because of, of the potential scale of it. And, you know, I followed the uh, the Taylor deposit. Uh, um, and it, it's such an interesting project. And, and geologically, you, you know, you, all, all the markers are there for potential, you know, carbonate replacement deposit. You, you've got the... Uh, paleozoic strata and the, the cap and, you know, like, uh, and some of the historic drilling didn't go all that deep, but, but, uh, the mineralization that they did come up with had to come from somewhere, you know, where they, they, they hit, um, you know, like, what was it like, uh, three meters of, you know, 6% lead, 115 grams per tonne silver, another five meters of lead plus zinc about 7% plus, uh, 42 grams per ton silver and another couple of wide intersections, almost 50 meters of about 40 grams per ton silver. Um, but that's way high up in the system. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so listen, we'll get to, there this to, year do, do any drill yeah, this year.
1: Yeah. Or? Yeah. Tombstone's a, a, another project that we uh, we are really excited about. Um, you know, it was, it was one of the first projects that we added to the company and, mm. Um, you know, it was a lot of, as you touched on, some of the higher grade uh, mineralization, you know, in the upper strata that uh, made the area initially uh, uh, attractive, but also noting that none of that drilling ever went deep. So you touched on, you know, the, the initial, you know, um, success from Hermosa and mm-hmm. And a lot of that's because a lot, there was a bunch of drilling that was done shallow, similar to this project. And it wasn't until they drilled deeper did they discover, you know, the large CRD type of uh, mineralization trapped in in the strata. So the the first order of business um, was we wanted to try to get a better understanding and try to identify potential targets, deeper targets within the property. So, we did a, a you know a large dipole ip survey so it's just a geophysical survey but the large yeah. dipole is is wider spacings and it enables us to see a little bit deeper and you know we were very very impressed with the uh, with the results when we got uh, the geophysical data back cuz there was a very strong chargeability anomaly and while right. all all geophysics right uh, yeah. you know people can tweak a dial and and show a different color yeah, strength yeah. the strength of the chargeability anomaly and the location of the chargeability anomaly are two things that have us you know very excited to uh to drill test that project so it is a deeper target probably looking at you know thousand meter holes there which once again is is mm. not uncommon yeah um you know anymore but it was the placement of the chargeability in that upper strata of the limestone units and adjacent to a fault so you get that kind of fluid
0: flow path so um yeah it, look, I, it looks really interesting sorry, sorry the, the zoom is going to kick us off in about 30 seconds uh one important question i need to ask you have you compensated me in any way to produce this content
1: no i have not but i do appreciate your support
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, I'm going to have to wrap it up there. Uh, I encourage people to drop by the booth and uh, check in with the company and look for the drove results, uh, the assays in the next, uh, you know, four to six weeks. Thank you, Doc, very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I as well. Um, well, looking forward to the results. Things sounds like they're tracking well. Good, good. Congratulations. We'll talk again soon. Look forward to it.